Welcome in today to the Beyond the Glove podcast presented by Just Gloves. Within the world of baseball equipment, our guest today needs little introduction, but I'm going to give one anyways because today's topic is a little different than what you usually hear from him. Today we have Will Taylor joining the Beyond the Glove podcast. Many of you know him as the face, voice, and swing behind the YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter accounts of the Baseball Bat Bros. But guess what, everyone? He has done more than just swing a baseball bat in his life. That's right. And I do have to share this little anecdote before we start dissecting gloves. So we're recording this in mid-February, shortly after the Super Bowl. And uh, before I was starting this, Will, I was doing a little bit of research on you. Uh, Specifically, I was trying to find the years that you played during college. So I typed in Will Taylor into Google search, and it auto-populated with, Will Taylor Swift be at the Super Bowl this year? Yeah, <laughs> problem, dude. It's been a problem my entire life, bro. <laughs> really? Because Taylor Swift, if you didn't, she's been around forever. Uh-huh. So I could never Google myself. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> and when I when I typed that in, that was the first thing came up, and I was, I was cracking up. So, um, yeah. but a little no background. How big it gets, man. Can never Google myself. <laughs> but a little background on Will, just so that those of you know that don't already, Will played baseball at the University of Utah during the 2012 and 2013 seasons. And while at Utah, he was a switch hitting catcher. Uh, But after 2013, you hung up the cleats and finished school and started a career away from the baseball scene. But you resurfaced in 2019 and 2020 with the Baseball Bat Bros channel. And today I would be willing to say that you're the most trusted voice when it comes to baseball bats. But here at Just Gloves, we're more interested in what you've been doing with the glove. So I mentioned right. earlier that you were a catcher while you were at Utah, but is, uh, is that always how things started for you with uh, fielding? So as is with a lot of catchers, I was actually a middle infielder growing up. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I had really good hands and I was uh, I, I thought I was a really good shortstop, um, but I just didn't have the speed and the quickness that a lot of, you know, the Pac-12 or D1 guys had up the middle. So, uh I tried third base, but I wasn't quite like the the hitting donkey that some of the guys we had. We had a freshman All-American at third base. So um, they put me behind the plate. I dabbled in catching a little bit. I would say it was probably my secondary position mm-hmm. uh, just because I could throw really well from behind the plate. Okay. But I wasn't super thrilled about blocking and <laughs> beat up. That sucked. I still like to this day, I hate blocking, bro. But like receiving and throwing, I, I really, uh, you know had a lot of pride in that. I felt like I was really good. So I was a middle infielder growing up and yeah, my first time full-time catching was my freshman year at Utah. And that was, that was a uh, very humbling experience (laughs) trying to catch like 94 miles an hour in my first few bullpens after catching like eighties, maybe like low Uh eighties in high school, you know, like, cause I wasn't catching our best guys. I was, I was catching, you know, I was catching, you know, summer games. Mm-hmm. And There's a lot to unpack there because that isn't interesting to come from being a middle infielder to being a catcher in college yeah. because you're having to show up early and catch bullpens. Uh, every, oh, is that, and I, that has to be just terrible. Cause you have to get there like an hour before everybody else sometimes and just receive bullpens like nonstop. Yeah. I think the biggest 
complaint I would have about catching bullpens is that it, it legitimately, especially as like a, a second, third string guy like myself when I was at Utah, it cuts into your hitting time. Mm-hmm. Like you, you don't get to work on a lot of the other stuff in practice mm-hmm. that a lot of the other hitters get to because I need to catch pens. Someone has to catch pens for uh for the pitcher so our first string catcher they were a lot better than me parker morin shout out uh trip made it all the way to triple a for for our kc royals there you go um but yeah so i, I was you know i was helping the pitchers mm-hmm. I, I i served the pitching staff you know more so than developing my own game as a hitter uh-huh. fortunately you know later on in my career 10 years down the road i've developed a developed a, a new taste for hitting but um yeah, that was probably the biggest issue was just not getting to get the same amount of hitting reps as my my teammates. Yeah, and then as well, so when you were growing up, were you always you were? I assume that you were always hit first and and field second. That was you were you were bringing your uh, your value was coming from the plate. I would guess as you were growing up, dude. I don't. I was nasty. <laughs> I was nasty with the leather man. Like I, I was really good. I love it. I would say like. In high school and stuff, uh-huh. probably yeah. Um, Little league, I was good with the glove, but I was a pretty good hitter. In college, honestly, I think I was defense first. Really, if I had to point to like what brought me value on the team, mm-hmm. I think it was like my late inning come in the game, like throw runners out ability from behind the plate. Uh-huh. Nice. I, I love so, so you were a late yeah. inning catcher replacement. Bro, you- I swear, like the only time I got playing time was I, I came in with the closer. Really? Or like save opportunities. That's awesome. I but just so I could hose uh-huh. a throwdown between innings. That's and keep them from trying to steal bases because I had a I, I, I had a piece. Uh huh. But that that was you know I couldn't hit as well as the other catchers. I was uh, smaller than our our catchers were both like six three. Uh huh. So uh, yeah. Nice. That, that was my game. I love that. Will Taylor relief catcher to come in yeah, and just close catcher. absolutely shut down the running game. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, man. But uh, so kind of moving back to when you were younger, though. So I, I've mentioned this here on this podcast before, but it's kind of peculiar that I work in this industry because when I was growing up, I was not like a gear kid or anything like that. I, I just got what I got and used it. I didn't really think, yeah. I remember seeing other kids like bats or gloves and being like, that's pretty cool, but my parents aren't going to buy me that. So um, that was kind of always my mindset. But when you were growing up, were you a gear guy? Like, did you have, did you have the bat you had to have or the, the glove that you had to have and stuff like that? Yeah, <laughs> I was a big gear guy, bro. As you can imagine with the, with the path of paved myself here uh-huh. with bat bros. I loved it. My dad, honestly, shout out Bill. I feel like my dad was more of a gear guy than me. He kind of got he kind of got me into it. Okay. I remember he got me my first D Marini before D Marini was even like a thing, really. Okay. In like 2004, because mm-hmm. they were actually based in Oregon. Yeah. Now they're like part of Wilson and everything. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, like people were like, "What is that bat?" And so I had a 2000s from a young young age. Really? I think I had an a 1000 when I was like 10 but 11 12 like from 11 years old i had a 2000 okay nice uh so i i had i had nice stuff i think nice i like not a huge and like it was just like this glove and bat mm-hmm. i was i was a gear guy but you know i i didn't have like nice cleats or batting gloves or nothing like that mm-hmm. or like not 
any nice clothes otherwise. <laughs> Honestly. Hey, man, no drip. A, a nice bat I, and I, a nice glove will take you far. So, Yes, I, I did have a good bat and a good glove my whole way up. I'm very grateful for that. Nice. Do you still have that, like one of those original A2000s that you, you were using as a kid? Nah, bro, they disintegrated. <laughs> the, the A2000s don't last. Actually, I, I have one of my brother's old ones, but he's like eight, nine years younger than me. Mm-hmm. The A2000s don't quite last as long as like the Rawlings. I do have one of my pro preferreds. I'm literally having having it worked on right okay. now just to try to get it restored. Uh-huh. Uh, I have a 11 and a half pro preferred, kind of a pitcher's wet, but I loved it for middle infield. Uh-huh. That thing is, you know, that's going to be fossilized. Like there's <laughs> those last forever, bro. So, uh, but my, I, I, I had a lot of like, uh, I, I think I gave away a lot of my gloves. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, when I got to Utah, I'd give them to like younger kids when I got to my third year. Especially when I hung up the cleats, I gave away a lot of my stuff, which I kind of regret, but you know, I wish I would have kept some of it. Nice. No, I'm interested. So you said you're having that, it was a pro preferred, you're having it redone right now. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. So they're like restoring the leather however they can. And then new laces and everything. I think they're going to like replace the palm adhesive. Uh Um, There's like, it's kind of a emerging content space. Yeah is glove like baseball glove restoration I, i've seen like three different accounts that do it mm-hmm. it's super satisfying stuff to watch um so i got one of mine sent in for that nice who did you send it to so actually there's a guy here in town in oregon okay. ian mcdougall if you've heard of mcdougall bats okay yeah uh he's you know he, he runs that and he does glove restorations as a hobby so uh, I haven't seen it yet. It might be horrible. So I'm giving them a little preemptive shout out, but <laughs> no, that's so cool. I have a, my glove right now, the, I have a mitt here actually, but like the binding that you have on it, yeah. I have an A2000. It's completely rotted out. And like, I yeah. would, when you see those guys that do that, it's so satisfying where they show the one, like the hand slot and how nasty and crusty it is. And then when they exactly, re- I know, yeah. replace it with a new one, I, 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 d- I really want to do that too with a couple yeah, of like, my gloves. Yeah, uh, like Glove Reviver is a really good one I watch. Okay. They're all on like TikTok and Instagram and they do a great job. Gotcha. No, we'll definitely have to definitely have to take a look at that. But um, okay, so you said, you kind of mentioned it earlier. So you get to Utah and uh, you go ahead, you've you've transitioned to catcher at that point. Um, and you, it's kind of tough, especially from cutting into your hitting time. But... I always remember this. I caught quite a bit through high school and whenever I was catching and someone like hit a bomb, like I wore that, I think the same or as more as the pitcher. Did that ever wear on you as you were like kind of learning? Yeah. Well, did you call pitches? I did. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why Uh I called pitches too, bro. And it's like, it feels like you're in a battle Mm -hmm. against the hitter. Like the hitter thinks he's battling against the pitcher. Uh But you know it, it's really you against him. <laughs> yes. And you really, like, take a lot of responsibility for your pitcher. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's really the pitcher's yeah. fault at the end of the day. But, like, you still wear it, man. Yeah. Like, oh, especially if it, if it's a dude, like, I hate. And they just barrel one and, like, even sort of bat flip it. Mm-hmm. Like, dog, I, that fires <laughs> me up. I got so mad. I got so mad. I, Dude, I have, like freaking war flashbacks mm-hmm. i i can i'm thinking of two specific bombs mm-hmm. when i was catching right now in high school but yeah i feel you that's funny i, I remember feel. very specifically in high school we had like a big at bat and i was catching the coach comes out he says okay like don't throw a strike and uh, so I, I the coach leaves i look at our pitcher he's like okay like 
And the, the pitcher's like, no, 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 let's do this instead. And I was like, please don't do this. <laughs> sure enough, <laughs> he pitches it exactly where he wants and the kid hits a bomb. And then the coach got mad at me and I was like, I swear I didn't want to do that. But yeah, no, I still, I still have like some, uh, some baseball, some baseball fear from, from that happening. So yeah. Did you play high school in the Beezer era or the BB? Always Beezer. So yeah. Yeah. Same. So as a catcher, like, again, I didn't like, I, I caught, I will say in, in high school, I caught as my primary position mm-hmm. for like the last few games of my senior year. Mm-hmm. So, but, so like, it was a small part of my high school career, but it was, you know, just, it was the last few games. So they were very important games mm-hmm. and it was Beeser and we were in a really good league and like the best league in Oregon at the time, lots of bombs, mm-hmm. lots and lots of bombs. I remember like, I, I couldn't win, dude. Like our pitchers <laughs> were all right, but we had a team of a bunch of hitters, honestly. Mm-hmm. And Carson Kelly who was the starting catcher for the Diamondbacks for a long time. And now he's with the Detroit Tigers, one of the few big leaguers out of my area. Mm -hmm. In a three-game series, I was a senior. He was a junior. He had a home run on a curveball, on a changeup, and a fastball (laughs) in in the three consecutive games. What do you throw? That was – yeah. So there's only so much you can do as a catcher. Uh No, that's fine. It made made me mad. I liked – I thought it was so stressful, dude. I I liked – I like to play shortstop a lot more. Oh yeah, we're kindred spirits in our uh, our catcher ethos. It sounds like so, but um, yeah. but yeah, Absolutely. the one thing that I I do have to say about catchers though is just as like you go along thinking about them is that like Hollywood has hurt catchers big time because yeah. I always think of uh, angels in the outfield and they like uh-huh. portray the catcher as like kind of a big guy, not an athlete at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Hamilton the Babe Porter. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, they absolutely, the they absolutely, yeah. they think I mean, it. All love the fat guys, but like, <laughs> dude, it's it's a grind back there. Uh huh. Um, but the transition from the field to the plate is pretty impressive, I think. Um, and as we all know, it definitely takes it takes athleticism to be behind the plate way more than I think your average baseball fan is going to recognize. So yeah, I'm leading this into my next question. It's a little bit off topic, but. When you were a kid, was baseball your best sport or was there another sport that was ahead of baseball at that time? Nah, baseball was it my was. best sport. Not even close. All right. Yeah. Then what was your second best sport? We got into everybody. Everybody needs to know. No, nah, dude, it's embarrassing. Like I, it would like, it would have to, it would have had to have been basketball, okay. but I was trash, <laughs> trash. Like I was garbage. So I was just baseball and my parents wouldn't let me play football, but I don't think I would have been that good at football. Mm -hmm. I wasn't mean enough. So low key, like golf or tennis, I would have been nasty. I can see, I can see you on the basketball court. as like a, a small forward that just crashes the boards hard. Dude, I was a mean rebounder. I'll give you that. I could rebound with the best of them, but. That, that was about it. That's that's funny. Uh, but no, I had to ask that. That was more of a personal thing for me. But, right, <laughs> but uh, getting back on track. So so when you're at when you're at uh, Utah, so yeah. you get there, you're, you're a catcher. It sounds like you've caught a little bit uh, more. Towards yeah, the- like a, a mildly seasoned catcher. Uh-huh. Like, so did you not, nothing close to all these other D1 recruit catchers? Right. Mm hmm. Yeah. So you were, so you're Wilson guy. It sounds like like you're getting the a two thousands when you get, so th- this, this was actually Rawlings Rawlings. Okay. Okay. So you're Rawlings. Yeah. And then do you, when you get to Utah, do you just stick with the Rawlings mitt or did you change to something else while you're at, at Utah? So I, 
used a Rawlings my senior year. I used the heart of the hide. Okay. I remember is it heart of hide, heart of the hide, 32 and a half. Got one right. My senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. Is that what that is? I got, yeah, it's a 30, this is a 33, but, uh, but yeah, we got Rawlings yeah, so heart of the hide right move, here. Yeah. So, so, um, and then at Utah, my first year, I remember I got the Yachtier Molina model, okay. but I think it was still just a 33. Okay. And as a new catcher, dude, I just got blown up. Okay. With like, even like a 33, like in, in the world of college and professional baseball, mm-hmm. that's a small catcher's glove. Yeah. Like most big leaguers, I'm pretty sure are at least using a 33.5, but a lot of them are using a 34. Mm-hmm. There's like, I think All-Star makes a 34.5. Um, I think they even make a 35 potentially with the Pro Elite. Correct. But, yeah, they have uh, a 35. Yeah. Then my second year, I moved to a 34 uh, Heart of the Hide Matt Weeders model, okay. which was, uh, and you know, Heart of the Hide with Rawlings has bounced around a lot in terms of like stiffness, uh, weight, and quality of leather. Mm-hmm. They've kind of tinkered with that a lot over the last 10, 15 years. Um, but that Matt Weeders model was like a stiff, heavy, pro-preferred type of leather um, for a heart of the hide. And it was big. It was, it, it, we called it the pumpkin glove. Okay. It was like pumpkin orange. It was, <laughs> uh, it was like a first base glove. Thing was an absolute freaking uh, check out the 1949 Shoeless Joe. There we one. go. I, love playing this I know. I love that but, you're, uh, you're using that while while you're chatting. You got yeah, it. it's my prop. It's my talking prop. There you go. Yeah. Get in the zone. Yeah, I've, I've got a catches glove here. So, yeah, this is a this is a 30 three okay this this nakona and i feel like it's a little too small okay um so i used that 34 and it made life so much easier for me and eventually i started using uh the it was like 34 or 35 all-star pro elite mm-hmm. and i was just nasty back then i think <laughs> especially like if receiving is at all a problem for you as a catcher and it's like a pain point your hands getting blown up you feel like you can't stick stick pitches that well mm-hmm. get a bigger catcher's mitt. okay it's the most underrated thing, and people don't talk about it enough. Get a big catcher's mitt. Like, you catch more than the first baseman. Why does the first baseman get a big basket glove? Like, you, you don't need a little shortstop glove. You're throwing. You're trying to transfer a mm-hmm. couple times a game. You're catching every single pitch. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm a big advocate of of erring on the side of a larger size for a catcher's mitt. And when you when you wore your catcher's mitt, I feel like we always talk about this with middle infielders and just infielders yeah. in general. Did you did you go your uh, pinky and ring finger in the pinky slot, or how did you how did you wear it when you were back there? So there's obviously a lot of controversy around this. Mm-hmm. I think for one, each glove has different kind of requirements for what works. Mm-hmm. Like for example, this glove, like there's not even like the the pinky or ring finger slot isn't even big enough to go. Two, two in one in one of them you ha- this forces you to go straight up so there's certain gloves that don't even allow for it mm-hmm. um but also like if i used a 32 and a half or a 33 like you bet like i'm i'm sliding two down into the into the ring finger mm-hmm. or two down into uh the pinky slot mm-hmm. just to get my finger out of the way so i'm not getting blown up as much because your finger is so close to the pocket mm-hmm on a 32 and a half and a 33. But when I finally used like a glove size or a mitt size that I felt like was better for me. Mm-hmm. So a 34 or even higher, yeah. I could comfortably go straight up. Okay. And I had more command of the glove. I had more control over the glove and I could catch balls in the pocket without getting blown up. So that, that was a big game changer for me was for one, instead of squeezing the glove, like, like this, uh-huh. I started squeezing it more 
like this. Okay. So this would be called like a box break-in. Uh-huh. Yep. This would be called more of like a flat break-in or like a one hinge break-in. Yep. So that way you start, you're catching the ball right here. Mm-hmm. And that's completely missing your finger. Cause like, dude, my whole freshman year, I feel like my index finger mm-hmm. on my left hand was double the size of the one <laughs> on my, like, I had like permanent, like perma inflammation. Uh-huh. Just cause I just got blown up, blown up, blown up, blown up. Yeah. So I went, and this, this matters more for older catchers who are catching like high velo. Cause if you're catching 75, like you're not really going to get your hand blown up. Mm-hmm. Like, you're probably all right. Yeah. But, um, the faster the pitching, the more I had to go big glove and the more I had to go from this to this. Mm-hmm. Nice. And that's why you see, you see most big leaguers are catching like this. Yeah. These are great. At least for those watching on YouTube, Will's got, he's showing, showing exactly how, how to do it, how he did it. So that's super, super cool to be able to yeah, right see. On. Um, nice. No, that's uh that's awesome. And then I was just, this came up as well. The first time I saw this was when I was in college playing baseball but the catcher at our school, he had a cat. He made a cast uh, for himself for oh, yeah. his thumb. Did you? Did you yeah. rock a cast? Well, I feel like in college you almost have to. It's uh, you're gonna get. So I did at first, hundred uh-huh. percent. I, I wore one of those Evo Shield casts, okay. and there was even like just a, a. There was a different concept where you know same idea. Yeah. It wasn't the Evo Shield one, mm-hmm. but again, that's what I did when I used too small of a glove. Okay just because accuracy of catching it correctly in the pocket was an issue for me. Mm -hmm. If you're catching it in the pocket with regularity, you don't need a cast on your thumb. Mm -hmm. So once I went to the 34 plus size, Mm -hmm. and especially when I moved to an all-star, which is just butter, I'm big all-star for for catchers, Mitch, Mitch, by the way. I think it's like you have everything and then you have Mm all-star. For for cat, I think it legit is a performance enhancer. It's pretty cool. I mean, that, they fans. do they do catchers. That's what they do. So it's hard. And like, I'm not sponsored by All Star, bro. <laughs> I tried to be, and I got rejected. So I just that's very very genuine. Uh-huh. Um, so sorry. What was uh? Oh, what was the original? Question I was just again? asking. Uh, so you were talking about the okay. cast. It sounded like when you were using the smaller mitt. Go, go ahead. Yeah. So. Yeah, again, with the smaller mitt, I feel like I needed the cast because I was missing the pocket and getting blown up down here. And, bro, if you, that is the worst. <laughs> getting your thumb peeled back mm-hmm. on, like, a sinker or a changeup, yeah. that sucked. But, yeah, when I moved to the All-Star, when I moved to the bigger mitt, that just wasn't a problem for me anymore. So I went to a straight-up grip. And mm-hmm. uh, also, I feel like going to a straight-up grip prevented some of the thumb peel backs. A lot of the thumb peel backs were when I had two in the ring or two in the pinky. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I think if you have a big enough glove, you maybe don't need to do those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But our number one catcher, he was such a good receiver. He did use a 32 and a half. Okay. And he did use a thumb cast, but he was so advanced that like, he liked having a lighter, smaller mitt, mm-hmm. but I needed the the more room for error with the bigger mitt. Yeah. So, that- um, but that dude was like elite, elite. That was probably the best receiving catcher in the entire Pac-12 at that time. Nice. Again, Parker Morin, shout out, my hero. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So, so I just I caught in high school. So my yeah. thinking towards I did not think that much about. To me, when it comes to size, I've always just thought it's like it's whatever you prefer. Like with the circumference, yeah. it's like do you like a big glove? But I like how you mentioned that, like you know, if you get the bigger glove, you can wear it traditional. 
um, and it won't hurt as much. So that's cool to hear that, there, you know, you can always get more in depth on, uh, on these topics than yeah and a lot of like what led me more into like really trying to problem solve and think about that was just it hurt bro mm -hmm. like i i like had a necessity where my hand was just getting lit up mm -hmm. and i wasn't catching the ball well so and like up to a certain level you can get away with same with bats you can get away with a bat or a, or a glove or a mitt that isn't completely ideal for you mm -hmm. and a lot of the times like the issues with that won't get exposed until you're really at a higher level and then you'll really start seeing it become a problem like for example the voodoo one demarini voodoo one we'll talk about baseball bats really quick mm -hmm. amazing amazing bat right but you know the higher up you get you'll realize that bat really lights your hands up if you start missing barrel but unless you start seeing more than 80 85 miles an hour you're probably never going to experience that mm -hmm. same idea with like a smaller catcher's mitt. yeah no that's cool that's awesome to hear and um, if people are wanting this type of like super in-depth thinking when it comes to gloves and their use, there is a great source out there uh, for getting glove knowledge. Who do you go to uh, if you're needing some extra besides yourself? Who do you who do you oh, go for to? like like content creators yeah, in the content, glove world stuff like that? Oh yeah, Ball Glove King, dude, he's really good. Okay, yeah, Chris Banger, Ball Glove King, he's kind of like Bat Bros for gloves. Mm -hmm. uh, huge fan of his stuff. He has rankings on his website and. I literally looked at those recently and I was nerding, nerding out about it. He does an amazing job. <laughs> yeah. He literally has like best catcher's mitt for, for a flat style break in mm -hmm. best catcher's mitt for a box style break in yeah. best outfield glove, best third base glove. So yeah, I, I freaked it. He's a great dude too. And he's, he's one of the few dudes that does reviews and he's like honest, mm -hmm. like he really tries to ignore what manufacturers are going to think of him after a review. So huge, huge fan and supporter of Chris and, uh, the ball of King content. Yeah, absolutely. So winding it down here. So every time that we do one of these interviews on beyond the glove, uh, we typically, we do three strikes at the end. So, uh, it's just three questions that I'll, I'll put out to you. We tell people 20 seconds, like the pitch clock in baseball, but don't even worry about that. So, um, oh, I'll get, it. I'll get I, it. no, 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 please don't. Uh, I prefaced earlier, uh, that during your time, well, at the university of Utah, uh, I did some research on that time and I stumbled upon a little preseason questionnaire that you did before your freshman year that the athletic department had you fill out. And All a right. few of the answers piqued my interest a little bit, uh, but they were kind of <laughs> short. So with what you said, yeah. so I wanted to see if we could expound on those at all. So all right. for the first strike, here we go. So it said that you said that your favorite baseball memory on that questionnaire, you said your favorite baseball memory was winning state for the Murray Hill Little League when you were 12 years old. So what is the yeah. most vivid memory that you have from that state uh, that state championship that you won for Little League at 12 years old? We were nasty, bro. <laughs> we actually, so the, the most vivid memory from that was actually after we won the championship. Mm -hmm. We, by the way, we rolled through state. <laughs> state was nothing. Okay. I, I really think we 10 run to every single team in the state tournament. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, we. Our, we had an absolute juggernaut Little League. Uh -huh. uh, Murray Hill ran Oregon for like 10 straight years. That's awesome. Now, you know, Little League's kind of fallen off, so that's broken apart. But I moved to the Murray Hill district just to play for that Little League. Okay. So it was it was not fair. It was stupid. But so um, no, we rolled through state, and then we went to regionals mm -hmm. in San Bernardino. And for some reason, so there was the Western Regional, which was in San Bernardino, mm -hmm. and then there was the Northwest Regional, which is what Oregon was in. Mm -hmm. 
uh, at the same location. Okay. And they have to figure out what to do with Alaska and Hawaii. So they put them both in the Northwest regional. Okay. So just because the, the West regional is so loaded already, you have Nevada, Arizona, Northern California, and Southern California. Mm -hmm. So it's like to put Hawaii in that already is, you know, now that's what they do, which is super annoying. But back in the day, they had it in the north, in the northwest, and dude, Hawaii, bro, <laughs> they were so good. Like they were, so, they won the World Series that year. Spoiler. Oh, okay. Um, and we that we played them in our first game. Sorry, bro, this is way over. No, 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 I love it. Please, please continue. We played Hawaii in our first game of regionals, thinking like I told you, we ten run every team in our state tournament in Little League, mm -hmm. and we're like, oh, we're we are those dudes. We are about to win this. Mm -hmm. Like Hawaii, what do they even play baseball? <laughs> and we, we get on the field against them. We lose 17 to one. <laughs> They're hitting bombs a hundred feet over the fence. I remember dudes on that team, Alakai Adlape, Shane Boniaga, Vaughn Fayao. Okay. People from Hawaii and Eva beach were like, know those guys. They're like famous from that time. Okay. Um, my brother-in-law is is from kind of close to there. Okay. He he knows about a lot of those guys. Oh man. I always named y'all. Uh and then we meet him again in the semifinal game, and we're like, oh, we're gonna get steamrolled. And then keep in mind if we win this game, we get a TV game because it's the regional championship. Okay. We get on ESPN if we win this game. We lose five to four on a BS out call at third base. Oh man. So it's like it's like one of those games where we almost beat them, but like they were probably going to beat us anyway. So no, you got to hang your hat on that. How did you do in that uh, that semifinal? I struck out to lose the game oh, and send us home. Bummer. But it was like a ten pitch at bat. Really? Yeah. And they throw Alakai Aglipe, seventy five mile an hour fastball from forty five feet. Hey, that's pretty quick. Yes. No kidding. <laughs> that's awesome. That's a really cool story, actually. Um, Sorry, that was about twenty minutes. Yeah. No. 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 You're good. So strike number two. Okay. So on that that University of Utah questionnaire. When yeah. asked if you had a nickname, you said that your nickname was Big O, and, yeah, yeah. which stands for is. Big Organ. And uh, yeah. you also mentioned that I am called that much more often than my real name. So how oh, does yeah. one earn the nickname Big O? First, like, I'll say professors called me Big O. Okay. <laughs> it was like, it, it was my name okay. back then. And like my homies from, from Utah, when I go back there, that's the only time I still hear it okay. these days. But um so I was on a summer a summer feeder team called the Utah Marshals leading into my freshman year, the summer before it. Okay. It was like, you know, a basically exclusively 18-year-old uh, team. Bryce Harper played on oh, it. So okay. it was a bunch of like UNLV, San Diego State, BYU, um, Utah. There was like a Cal State Fullerton guy. Mm -hmm. uh, the team was stacked. And it's very rare that Utah gets recruits from Oregon because, you know, Oregon and Oregon State recruit so well out of there. Mm -hmm. But I low key, I just wasn't good enough to play at Oregon or, or Oregon State. So I went to Utah. But so, yeah, first guy from Oregon, these guys are like ever meeting. Mm -hmm. So, what do we call this guy? Uh, so, they start calling me Oregon. Okay. And eventually that becomes, you know, it's like Oregon's boring. Let's, let's flare it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I had a little too much McDonald's that summer. They started calling me Big Oregon. <laughs> and then that just got shortened to Big O. Okay. And, and I had, there were like three other guys on that team that came to Utah with me. Okay. We, we were like the four Utah recruits on that team. Yeah. So like, you know, first day on campus, they're all calling me Big O. They tell the whole team to call me Big O. Mm -hmm. They really liked the nickname. They thought it was funny. <laughs> uh, so 
everyone, our academic advisor called me Big O, our coaches called me Big uh-huh. O, um, like our head coach, all of our coaches called me Big O. Uh-huh. Uh, I had, you know, like that summer leading up to it, I had guys asking me halfway through, like, what's your actual first name and like <laughs> stuff like that. Like, Will, like what the heck? So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Big O stuck hard. That's funny. Did your wife? My wife never called. Oh, dang it. That was my question. I was going to ask if your wife I I saw it coming. She (laughs) she never bit on the big O. I don't think she's ever said it once. Well, which is kind of that would be weird. So. That's uh, that's funny. I was, I was, I was wondering if maybe that was going to be like a self-proclaimed nickname or something like that. Like you showed up at Utah and you're like, just call me Big O, fellas. <laughs> I'm Big O. No, no. That's funny. All right, and for strike number three, so you started your college career. It said as an athletic training major, and you mentioned that you did want to coach college baseball one day. Is the title of Coach Will Taylor still in the cards for you? I'm pretty sure I lied about that. I don't think I was ever an athletic <laughs> training director. I don't, I don't know. I like scratched my way through a communications degree. So hey. that kid is a liar. But um, <laughs> is Coach Will Taylor in the cards? Low key, dude. I told Tyler this on the Just Bats podcast. I don't like coaching very much. Really? I'm just not really cut from that cloth. Mm-hmm. I love educating. And like, I think I would teach before I coached, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't like the whole discipline side of things mm-hmm. and like player management yeah. slash babysitting side of side of things. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm not that gifted in that. Um, I'd rather, you know, hop behind the camera and give advice and educate yeah. without dealing with the discipline side of things. That's so awesome. uh, I gladly, I think I'm more likely to umpire than coach. There you go. To be completely honest with you. I love the idea of umpiring. I'm actually considering there it. There you go. Are you going to go to umpire school? Yeah, I will. There's like I've emailed the guy recently really? and everything. So that's awesome. I don't know like how much like training I would need or like what they would think because I mean I, I feel like I could honestly maybe umpires are gonna hate this. I feel like I could go out there right now on a high school varsity game mm-hmm. and like sorta and I, I could run a game. Mm-hmm. I could hang as like the one umpire on the field behind the plate. I think I could do there it. There you go. It's all about- maybe not like high level, maybe like lower level yeah. varsity, but still, especially JV, like I could run. It. It's all about looking like you, like you know what you're doing while you're out there. Yeah, and just a loud, confident. <laughs> you know, it's a good strike call. Yeah, there you go. Hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> no umpires are listening to us. And uh, when- no, feel free to chirp <laughs> if they are. That's hilarious. But no, hey man, thank you very much for uh, coming on with us today, Will. Everybody, they know all the uh, your your opinion on bats and things like that but it's always fun to to see uh your interest in gloves as well so we uh absolutely we really appreciate bro. it if man. anybody needs rankings just go over to ball glove king uh ball glove king's website i pretty much agree with all of them he and he's he's used a lot more than me so it's probably even more locked down there so there you go i'm sure that chris the ball glove king will appreciate that well thank you everybody for coming on with us today Uh, If you guys enjoyed the episode, please give us a five-star rating on uh, Spotify or Apple. Give us a thumbs up if you're listening and watching here on YouTube as well. And if you guys want to help us out in any way, definitely just go ahead and share the podcast with your friends if you guys have enjoyed it today. We appreciate you listening to this episode of Beyond the Glove. Can't wait for next time. See ya.